Jane Kisnicker, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the show, the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. We've been friends on LinkedIn for a couple of years now. That's when we first kind of got in touch with each other. We met a few times, we've gotten really well. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you and been really exciting to see your growth and your journey. So before we delve deep into your life and you as a human being, for those that don't know, tell us what you do now. Um Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so about me, well, I'm a um, I'm a graphic designer. Um, I work for myself. I went freelance last year, fully freelance um, last year in September. Um, but I have been freelancing and like building my business on LinkedIn where we met um for um just over a year i started last year in in january um but i still had a full-time job that i kept up until the end of summer last year before i before i took the plunge into the wonderful life of entrepreneurship and uh, being my own boss so yeah that's kind of that's kind of me in a nutshell <laughs> yeah because talk to us about that because um entrepreneurship solopreneurship running your own business is not as glamorous as what people make out and I know you're very vocal about that but whilst you have this wonderful digital nomadic life and it's it's great that's not all glitz and glamour right no no it it really isn't um it's it's a lot of hard work it's I work twice as much as I did when I had a full-time job um I um I probably work more or less seven days a week, most weeks. Not full full days, but I can't just switch off at the weekend because there's still yes. going to be some emails to respond, some projects to finish off, um, catching up on some work, whatever. Um, plus, I am in early stages at the moment as well, so obviously I have to work um a lot more and a lot harder than maybe I'll need to do in another year's time or two years time um so i have plans to um create some passive income sources and things like that that will lessen my yes. workload but um at the moment yeah it's a it's a it's a lot of grind you have to you have to work a lot and you have to be you're your own boss you're your own motivator you know mm. there's no one checking in with you there's no one keeping you accountable you have to do all of these things yourself. You have to do all the yeah. admin hacks and all the emails and all just, 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 there's so much. I sometimes spend hours a day just answering emails and, yeah. and filling out invoices and doing paperwork and, mm. and all this stuff for my business. So yeah. even though I have my freedom and I am happier than I ever have been and I love what I do and I wouldn't, if I can help it, I'm never going back to full-time employment ever. But it's not just, I don't know, sitting in fancy cafes and drinking smoothies and, yeah. and you know, chilling yeah. with people. It's there's there's a lot of there's mm. a lot of work behind all of it, and most of it is not glamorous at all. I, th I, th I think that's <laughs> the mis I think that's the misconception that people get. And I know that you know you've done your photo shoot and your brand looks very good, and it's kind of but just because you've got a glamorous background and you know you're 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 picturing on a hammock doesn't mean that a you don't deserve to have that kind of lifestyle but b you haven't worked for it as well and i think to your point about all the stuff that you have to do as a solopreneur um 
It's a bit like you're playing counselor, manager, brother, sister, mother to yourself and your clients. You've got to do everything. And there's a strain yeah. that put that puts on you, isn't there? There's a mental strain. So, yeah. so, so talk to about, talk to us about how you regulate that and how you deal with that. Cause we're both kind of mental health advocates and mental health first aider and the importance of understanding mental health and that, how that's played out in your life as well, not just as a solopreneur, but in your life as well. So I just, I just need to keep myself in check. Like I, I'm not, I'm not perfect at all. I go off the rails often. Um, um, I forget to go out to the gym. I forget to meditate. I forget to read. I forget to do all these things. And then a week goes past and I'm like, damn, I need to like, I can yeah. feel it's going to take strain on my mental health. I'm, it affects my sleep. It's affecting my mood. It's affecting um, all these things. So that's when I kind of pull myself back and go, okay, you need to, you're going to get up. You're not going to look at your phone for the first hour. You're going to, you're going to meditate. You're going to exercise. You're going to have your cup of tea going to do all these things first and then then you're going to pick up your phone it's kind of just again I just have to keep myself yeah check with these things because I know that if I let it go too long it will really affect my mood it will affect my um quality of work and just my want to do the work because when my mental health starts suffering then I'm like oh I can't be bothered I just want to go and have a nap um or I'll just yeah. like scroll through LinkedIn for hours on end because I'm procrastinating and I I put things off um so yeah I yeah. just have to like I just keep myself in check with these things and as soon as yeah. I start noticing that it's affecting me I'm like okay okay you need to kind of need to like do these things because even just yeah. meditating for five minutes in the morning it's it's five minutes. It's not a lot of time. Um, Everyone has five minutes, you know, and I just kind of remind myself of these things. You have five minutes. You're your own boss. Mm. If you don't log on at yeah. 8.30, you can log on at 8.35 and no one's going to rip your head off because you can do these things. You can take care of yourself first and then yes. you can work yeah. when you have time because, again, I'm not accountable to anyone apart from myself. And my and clients. That's it. And I think you le- you learn the hard way. Well, I certainly did. You know, I never used to put myself first in that regard. I always used to try and serve others. And, you know, the next thing I wanted to do was a call to my clients or, or whatever. But eventually, well, at the time, back in the day, I thought I was immortal. I thought, oh, no, if I have a positive mindset, I can just power through. And I think it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a solopreneur, you manage a thousand people or whatever. Everybody's got some form of mental health and everybody needs to kind of do these things, I think, these days. But you, t- you, you touched on it. I mean, I agree with you when you're not doing your routines, it can affect your mental health. But, you know, mm. um, I think I'm an ambivert, which is in between an in- introvert and an extrovert, kind of in the middle. Sometimes I'm like really gregarious and positive and confident. Other times I just want to sort of stay at home and under the duvet kind of stuff. Um, and there's certain things that affect my mental health. You've talked about not liking people, <laughs> which is a quite quite a strange one. <laughs> What, what what does affect your mental health? What what can affect it? <laughs> um, well, I so I'm clinically depressed, right? So there's everything can be fine in my life, and I can still be in a bad mood. I can still feel depressed. So, um, but I guess if I think about things that do affect my mental health, it, it it's lack of sleep. Yeah. 
but definitely gets to me like if I don't get my eight hours plus I am not a happy mm. bunny yeah. <laughs> um, and then lack of exercise as well like exercise really yeah. helps me Mm. helps me get moving it improves my mood exercise has gotten me through some really really dark times in my past um so that's definitely something that really does affect me and not not taking breaks and not not doing the things that Mm. bring me joy even if it's just going for a walk on the beach or um going getting a foot massage or whatever whatever these little things if i if I let those go and stop doing them, that will start affecting my mental health and just bringing me down and bringing me down and bringing me down yeah. until I kind of get myself out of it and go, okay, Joe, just take an hour break and go and, you yeah. know, go, go for a walk or go and get that massage or whatever. Like the work's still going to be there when you come back. It's not going to go anywhere. Definitely. So. We're going to delve into your kind of your journey as well. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about drinking. We, we've had some conversations about drinking and, I myself have paired my drinking back and it's it's really, really helped me. My relationship with drinking has changed and it's no longer a um, thing that is as frequent as what it was. But you've you've got some thoughts on, on this, haven't you? <laughs> I do, I do. Um I like I I very rarely drink. I mm. probably have a couple of beers a year. <laughs> wow, that's, like- that's good restraint. <laughs> um and it's to me it's not even restraint I just don't want to I'm not Mm. I don't have the need to Mm -hmm. drink um yeah I I can sometimes when I go out with a friend or whatever I might feel like a beer or two or um I for example last last year I had like a big blowout when I went back at home went back home to Latvia been back for 10 odd years um I haven't seen one of my best friends who still lives there for like seven years so we went out one of the nights when I was there and like went out partying like we did when we were in our teens we were 18 19 um but that was like a special occasion where we were out till four o'clock in the morning I was dancing on tables in a bar <laughs> and you know drinking yeah. beers and and um sort of reliving those um younger years but that's that's very very rare and I don't drink and again the no drinking started because first of all I realized that it was escapism yeah for me yeah um I wasn't happy with my life so I was drinking to kind of get away from it I worked a lot in hospitality as well in my 20s so that didn't help when you're kind of constantly surrounded by all of that um but drinking again it affect it affected my sleep um yeah. I have the older I get the worse my hangovers are um yeah. like now if I go out I'd say if I have let's not get completely wasted but if I'll get drunk and be out like the whole night and then come back like one two o'clock in the morning I'll have a hangover for a week and that will affect my work that will affect my exercise that will affect my sleep my mental mm. health, my food, just uh, it just affects so many aspects of my life um, that I don't see the point in it to do it yeah. on the regular. And I just don't, I just don't have the need. I don't, I don't want to drink. It's not like I restrain yeah. myself. I just don't want to. Well, especially if you're, I mean, it's very brave of you to say that you're clinically depressed. And, you know, I, I thank you for being so open, but ha- having a drink will just exacerbate that as well, right? Surely. 
Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, the next day, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like when obviously when you're drinking and when you're having fun, that's okay. all great. And yeah. You're having the best time of your life, but then yeah, obviously the the, the, the aftermath of that, the hangover and everything, yeah. and the mental sort of weights of it all will be even worse than it would be without mm. without the alcohol for sure. Okay, so so let, let, let's talk to the audience about you your, your journey you've mentioned being clinically depressed and being unhappy with your life so I kind of want to find out about that because you know it's, again it's very honest of you to say um you seem in a happy place now but paint us a picture of your life since since school oh man um <laughs> <laughs> where do you start oh yeah uh wow um so I've been through so many stages so I, I I was bullied quite a lot in school when I was younger. Um, I was I was the kid with the glasses, with the acne, with the braces, um, all that. Um, so I got I got bullied quite a bit. I also um, my parents were were quite well off financially when I was a kid. So I always had I always had the most pocket money. I always had the newest toys and kind of like whatever I wanted, my parents bought me. Um, but that turned into a lot of people taking advantage of me and kind of pretending to be my friends yeah, and um, using me for the money, for the things that I would buy them. Cause I was quite, I'm, I've always been quite generous with money. Like if I think you're my friend or I care about you or we're in a relationship, I'll spend like my last penny mm. on you. I've gotten better now. But in my younger years, especially in my 20s, um, with some very toxic relationships, I have like emptied my bank account and given every single penny I have to a guy who then dumps me over a text message or something stupid like that. So um, I, yeah. Why though? Why though? Why do you do that? Is that for a validation thing? Is that your way of, that's an interesting observation, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's some form of my... um, love language how I show affection and that I care for you and I think that comes from probably partially from my parents because my parents were they weren't the best with um I don't even know how to put it um just when I was growing up they a lot of times instead of giving me the emotional support that I needed they kind of bought me things yeah, because they just sure. they didn't know any better and they're like oh jane's feeling sad let's give her money so she can buy herself something nice or oh let's yeah. get her a big expensive present and kind of cheer her up so it all kind of evolved around um money um mm. and i think that's probably how i've learned to express my affection and my love for the person is paying for things buying things some kind of like yeah. a material gift buying person um i hate buying gifts because it stresses me out because i always want to buy the perfect things yeah Um, (laughs) so at the same time i do i do do it um it's it's really interesting you say that because i've I've got exactly the same thing an issue i'm I'm very generous you know i buy myself a lot of things and i've got a bit of a problem with that but also gifts as well and for me it was the other side i'd never got bought anything i didn't get any affection but it's it it wasn't is to an, an extent still my way of getting validation i think it's a worthiness thing i think it maybe it does boil down to a lack of 
um affection from my from my parents I think and I think that's a, that's a similar mm. thing with you right probably yeah I haven't mm. like I am considering going into therapy at some point so I'll probably delve into that and figure out all <laughs> these things but that's yeah, just yeah. where I'm at with it okay. um but yeah so that that was sort of like earlier um years school time um and I think that really shaped my um just my attitude towards friends and people and I kind of I I'm getting better at it now but I still I'm very I don't really trust people um I'm quite cautious I always I always have this thought in the back of my mind oh they probably have an ulterior motive why they want to be friends with me why they're nice to me like that's sort of where my where my mind goes straight away even with some of my closest friends I sometimes like oh they're just friends because of x y and z or because i give them this or because they get this out of me or whatever so that sort of that earlier childhood really shaped me how how i treat people how i build relationships and quite i can be quite standoffish and it's hard for me to sort of open up um, are you are you affectionate are you affectionate in your relationships with like boyfriends and stuff yeah 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 I'm quite I I'm quite I'm I'm very affectionate I love physical touch and kind of mm. pet names and all all that cute yeah stuff. <laughs> yeah that's interesting because I'm the same it's interesting because my, my, my mum abandoned me when I was two my dad kind of wasn't affectionate at all so I I, I had none of it I was, wasn't nurtured in that way and I think I'm, I'm the mm. total opposite of that I'm a very affectionate person and I think maybe I overcompensate and it's interesting you, you're kind of the same you didn't really have the affection but you are affectionate and it's interesting sometimes when it's almost like sometimes the bad way we're brought up can be a good thing because we kind of crave things that we missed or we or we or we're good at the things that we missed perhaps don't know oh for sure yeah I think it's for me also I think in my 20s I I learned to show affection to guys because I think the side of me that didn't get the affection that I wanted when I was a kid was coming out. So I knew if I'm going to be affectionate to someone, that's how I'm going to get the affection back. So I don't know. It's it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that, that was sort of earlier years in school and then I went into then I kind of grew up uh went through the rebellious teenage years I kind of went from the ugly duckling to um kind of grew up a bit the acne went away the glasses went away the the braces went away so I kind of blossomed a little bit and then um turned a bit into an asshole that still has not gone away but um, I was gonna say but you know (laughs) um yeah, so because of all the bullying in my earlier um, years and all the stuff that I went through, I think I kind of went, okay, now I'm grown up, now I'm going to show you. And I kind of went mm. from bullied to almost being the bully. Um, yeah. I didn't necessarily go out and look for people to bully and stuff, but if you did, like, mess with me or tried to or upset me or whatever, I I could get quite, like, nasty. Um yeah. So I went through a stage of that um, in my teenage years, but I think teenagers are just nasty in, in general, each in their own way. <laughs> so uh, that's not much of a different from everyone else. But 
yeah and then I finished high school um moved to the UK in my early early 20s after high school to oh, London nice. and then sort of from there 20s were all over the place um obviously I was in between all of everything me being a teenager trying to finish high school moving countries but now I was dealing with depression but I didn't sure. know that I was dealing with my depression I just thought that um yeah something wrong with me in the beginning I thought there's something wrong with me um that I'm just not normal and then um later on I started just blaming myself for feeling the way I feel because I just thought that I want to feel the way I am feeling um yeah. because from where I come um from Latvia mental health back then especially wasn't wasn't a conversation it's still a very awkward conversation to have um back home and um I just yeah. didn't I do I didn't I kind of just thought that yeah I just choose to feel this way and kind of just blame myself for for always being down and and sad and all this and all that and I'm um, struggling to find happiness in life um and then I went through I went through a lot in my 20s I, uh, I went through a lot of different jobs um loads of different relationships a lot of very toxic relationships I kind of went through a stage where um I was chasing toxic men and then tried to fix them yeah. and I think I was doing that because I was trying to run away from my own life because I was miserable so me fixating on someone else and trying to fix someone else's life made me forget about my own problems and not think about my all the thoughts that were going through my head so it was almost like a distraction to be focusing and then also obviously if the relationship falls apart then there's something to blame for my sadness as well for long periods of time um so I think I just kind of constantly looked out for these toxic situations and toxic relationships and threw myself into them to have that massive distraction distraction from my own from my own yeah. problems um but then I think it was when did I start taking antidepressants I think I was 2017 um I had moved back from Thailand. I've been back from Thailand for about a year and a half. I lived in Thailand for about three years between 2011 and 2011, 12 to 15 ish around the, around those years. <laughs> yeah. um, and I moved back and kind of had to start my whole life from, from nothing. I literally had a suitcase of, of clothes and that's all I had to my name. Um, because I had I had a relationship in Thailand. We were kind of planning to get married and have children and have right. a family. That okay. it was quite quite serious, but that fell apart. It didn't work out. We split up on on friendly terms and everything. We just kind of both went, yeah, yeah this is just working. Okay. Um, but yeah, obviously, I I had just packed up my whole life, moved to Thailand, had this relationship, and then I moved back, and I had nothing because everything. How, how did that? How did that affect you? Because it surprises me when you say settling down, marriage, and kids. I think you, I think you said there because the conversations we had is like you love kids, but you would never have kids, and it feels like you're this. I have never said I love kids. Ah. <laughs> I I say I hate kids. 
<laughs> right. But in terms of, you, you know, you don't love them enough to have your own children, right? I mean, it feels yeah. as if that relationship was a bit of a turning point in that thought process or not, or has it always been the same? No. So that relationship was where I shifted my thought process because the person wanted to have kids and yeah. I loved the person so much that I was ready to put my own wants or needs aside because I've I think I was like 12 when I told my mom I'm never having children like yes. I was I was a teenager I was like I'm never having children I don't want kids yeah. um and that never really changed until I met this guy and then I was in my early 20s I was impressionable I wanted to please the guy so I yeah. was I was changing myself a lot um was you in love with him when you think back, yeah. was it love? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you were heartbroken yeah. then, were you? I was, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was when we broke up. Even though we broke up on good terms, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was hard. Um, it took me quite a while to get over it, but it also felt like the right thing for me um, and for him because our relationship was turning really toxic. Yeah. Um, for both of us he had his own problems I had my undiagnosed depression and everything so all that clashing it was just not it was not healthy for anyone so yeah. it, was, it was when I was flying back from Thailand that morning I remember I remember sitting downstairs um, outside our apartment waiting for the taxi to come and I nearly didn't get in because I was like no I, what am I doing what am I doing I can't like I love this guy you know, we were just talking about getting married and looking at rings and all these things. What am I doing? Yeah. And then kind of, I took a breather and I took a step back. I was like, no, there's reasons why you're leaving um, and why yeah. this relationship fell apart. So you just going back and jumping back into it, it's not going to fix all the yeah. issues that I've had throughout these years. Um, yeah. So I got in a taxi with a heavy car. And then when I got, had another moment where I nearly turned around when I was at the airport um because he messaged <laughs> me um uh, just kind of wishing me a safe flight and uh, yeah. just just a nice message and um I I nearly turned around then um but again I just kind of went no 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 there's a reason why you do why this didn't yeah. work you can't can't go back to the same same thing and then once I got on the plane even though it was hard and I cried for most of the flight back, it felt like the right decision. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you like, it hurts like hell, but yeah. you know in the back of your head that you're doing the yeah. right thing and it's going to hurt for a bit, but it's going to be for the best. It's, it sounds like that was a massive milestone in your life, not just because you ended the relationship or the relationship ended is a bit like it feels like a bit of a sea change in terms of loving yourself self-respect and actually making decisions for you for once almost for the first time I think and I think more or less as yeah. hard as as hard as that was it's probably one of the best things that happened to you absolutely absolutely and it was even after that the next couple of years were still really hard it was probably after that relationship the next probably two and a bit years were some of the darkest and worst years of my life yeah. Um, there was a lot of drinking. I was um struggling with staying in jobs because I was just like getting fed up with everything and 
I was kind of beating myself up. I'm like, are oh, you 26, 27? You have nothing. You don't have a career. You know, you're, you don't have a relationship and you had all this, all this amazing life in Thailand and you left it. Like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot of, there was a lot going on. And in between all that, there was loads of toxic relationships on top of that. Um, and then in 2017, there was a turning point where I, um, I was I was asked to quit a job that I was at slash fired. I was basically fired. They asked they asked me to leave, but that's basically yeah. We don't want you here. Just leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I my depression was getting so bad that I was struggling with. Um, I couldn't keep my anger in check. So my my go to emotion is anger. I get like if things don't happen my way. I get angry, not physically, but I can explode mentally. I can say really nasty things. Like the smallest thing was setting me off and I would get really angry and shout and swear and right. all this stuff. And, um, I had a massive um, disagreement with the boss, uh, managing director, whatever, whatever his title was at the place. Um, and like, it was for a reason. Basically they, I was working I was doing some sales stuff. So I was working at a gym. Yeah. I was, um, I was doing membership sales and they were, my shift was finishing and they wanted me to stay extra like three hours or whatever to hit the targets, but for no extra yeah. pay. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like my, this is my shift finishes, whatever time I finish, I'm going. They're like, no, you yeah. have to stay, blah, blah, blah. So we had like this massive argument about it. And I basically told the manager to F off. Um, where where do you think this anger stems from um my dad I think so my um when I was a kid I watched my dad explode a lot uh when he was angry um again not not physically not towards me or mom or anything but he would break things so if he got really angry Suddenly he had a really bad phone call and he would get super mad. He would like throw the phone against the wall or or right. smash the computer or smash the landline or whatever, whatever was in the hand, yeah. whatever houses he would smash. And um, I would also hear my parents have quite bad arguments. There was a lot of aggression and door slamming and shouting and things like that. And obviously as a kid, because I witnessed that, I just thought it's normal. I didn't I didn't realize how it affects me. And then obviously the older I got, the more yeah. the angrier I got. And with depression, obviously anger comes with depression anyway. And if you have an inclination yeah. for it, it's just like it's a it's it's nuclear. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what so, um what what what's what scares you? What what are you fearful or afraid of in your life in general? Death. Okay. I'm I'm just terrified of death. I'm terrified of dying. I'm terrified of getting old. Those are sort of like my my biggest fears. I don't have any other fears that hmm. really affect me, but like when I start thinking about getting old or dying or anything like that, I, I can I get like proper anxiety. You, is that not a driver for you as well to then make the most of your life as well in, in a paradoxical kind of way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because one of the things that drove me to um, 
get to where I am now and get to it in such a short amount of time as I did um, was the drive of just the thought of, I don't know, waking up at 60 and realizing that I was spent most of my adult life sitting in an office in a job that I don't like. Yes. With the 25 holidays a year vacation time and all this it just it just terrified me I I did something to to change that and I made it happen and yeah if we go even deeper yeah I want I want to experience life I want to see places I want to travel Mm. I want to do many things so once when I do get old I don't have these regrets of I didn't see this or I didn't do that or I didn't go here or there or whatever. We're going to talk about the more recent journey, last three or four years and how you've exploded on LinkedIn in a second. You -hmm. strike me and it's obvious that you've done a hell of a lot of work on yourself over the last, well, throughout your life, but more, I think more particularly in the last three or four years, which is very similar to me. I got divorced three or four years ago and since then I've done lots of work on myself to the point up until recently, I always used to say to myself and others, I don't need anyone to make me happy. Um, I've now changed that thought process around. I think I'm now in a place where I can share my life with somebody and that's what I want to do. And I feel that I don't I, I don't think you can be truly happy unless you're sharing your life with someone. You might disagree with that. I want to expand on that a little bit around your previous relationships before we talked about you are serving your your partner as opposed to yourself. But what's yeah. your thought process on on? future relationship you've got this nomadic lifestyle you want to be on your own but do you believe that I think you need to kind of create energy and space to allow someone into your life because if you if you're just doing your routines you're just serving yourself you're not going to attract someone anyway because it's all right saying you want to be in a relationship you've got to kind of create an opportunity to be in a relationship oh yeah for sure like I have nothing against relationships I'm not I, I don't hate men I don't have like I don't think relationships are bad or anything like that. I just, um, I don't care about having one right now. It would be nice if I didn't like, I don't know, let's say I'm flying to Thailand, back to Thailand this weekend. So if I happen to meet someone who has similar values and lives a similar lifestyle to mine and is who can travel, because I, I would not settle for someone who is tied to a place because mm. that would mean that I would have to um, massively change my goals and yeah. go against my values in a very big way. So I couldn't like, I couldn't settle down with someone in London right now. I'd say that mm. would, it just wouldn't work because there, there would be a lot of resentment because all I could think about is like, I want to go travel. I want to see the world. I want to go and live here and there and everywhere for a couple of months. Yeah. So I couldn't with someone who um can't live that lifestyle um so that that would be what would hold me back from a relationship but otherwise if i meet someone who can fit into that and lives a similar lifestyle and has similar values yeah i'll i'll get in a relationship tomorrow i literally have there's nothing yeah negative against relationships and i think relationships are great when they're healthy when you are there to build each other up and you kind of give a 50 50 instead of one person yes. just taking the other one's just giving 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 when it's a 50 50 type of relationship where you're there to support each other and build each other up and be there for yeah. each other and in, 
and bring out the best in each other instead of bringing out the worst, mm-hmm. then I'm all for relationships. But um, I've just, I personally yeah. have stayed away. I haven't, I haven't mm-hmm. actively searched for a relationship since the last yeah. COVID um, started. So that last two and a half ish years, I guess. Um, yeah. Just because during COVID, I realized the patterns of what and why I was look why I was getting into these toxic relationships, why I was looking for these guys to fix. And even yeah. though I've, I've even for the last couple of years, even though I've been mentally a lot better because um, I've sorted myself out, I got myself on medication after I got fired from that job because I was like, okay, I'm jobless, can't hold a job, I'm angry all the time, I'm depressed, I need to do something. So I went to a doctor, I got my medication and then my sort of healing and self-work started from there. Um, yeah. But I still continue the, the toxic relationship cycle through all of that and then during covid when we actually slowed down you couldn't go out and you couldn't date and you couldn't do all these things and you couldn't yeah. meet new people i was reading a lot because what else are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> um so i i can't remember what the book was but it was it was something to do with um codependence and how how our parents and the way they treat each other and the way they are around their kids how that like affects the child and then how the child grows up and how that they're just their whole life and persona and how they treat other people and the things they look for and things they don't sort of stuff so that book really helped me um realize a lot of things about my childhood made me realize that my anger issues stem from the fact that I watched my dad explode all the time so for me in my head I kind of went oh, that's a normal way how to react when things don't go your way. You just get really yeah. angry. <laughs> do, you, do, you hold, do you hold any resentment for your parents in that regard? No, they did the best they could because they they both, I, was, I don't want to go into their childhoods and stuff, but they, yeah. they've both been through their own trauma and they did the best with the tools they had um like my parents were never malicious or abusive they gave me everything they can like even though using money as a way as an emotional support probably wasn't the best thing to do um they didn't do it from a bad place they did it from a place we didn't have all this so we want to give you everything we can because we yeah. don't have it we can give it to you now because we can afford to so now that i'm an yeah. adult i realize that it all came from they did the best they could with with what yeah. they got, you know so i mean the, um, the, the the word awareness strikes me with you you're very humble you're very self-aware you're very self-critical but in a way that's kind of like constructive for you. you're aware of your faults which i really love about you and i think that going back to the relationships point i think it's, it's an obvious statement that everyone fucking says but until you start loving yourself, you can't be loved or love other people anyway. And I feel that I get the, the sense with you that the last two or three, four years, you can sort of say to yourself, you, I do love you, Jane. You, you, lo- you love yourself, right? Or you're loving yourself more than you ever have. Would you say that's true? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 100, 100%. I, I feel a lot more confident. I feel a lot more at home in my own skin. Obviously, I still have yeah. a lot of trauma and a lot of things I need to deal with and kind of... um work on in my head like it's a never-ending process right (laughs) Mm, absolutely Um, yeah 
but I'm definitely a lot more just a lot more settled with who I am and I'm mm. not like I used to beat up myself I, I used to beat myself up about the fact that I was an introvert so I used to force myself to go out and be really social and go to all these yeah. parties and try to make all these friends because in my mm. head I'm like oh well you're a weirdo if you're not doing that you're a weirdo if you don't want to go out you know you have to go out. you have to do these things now I'm like yeah. you know what I don't care I cannot talk to people for three weeks and I'm perfectly happy. It's just the way I am. I am, I have my like extroverted moment. So I do, yeah. I am on a bit of an edge of an ambivert, but it's very yeah. little. Yeah. If I go out and meet someone for lunch for three hours, I'll probably need a couple of days to recover and not talk to people. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, but I think, I think that's great. So I'm, 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 it's, it, and the extroverts will think that's really weird. The introverts will understand it. And I think it's just understand. There's no right or wrong with this, right? No, of course not. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And mm. it's just about, it's just about understanding. And um, yeah, I think the older you get and the more you learn about yourself, the more you start accepting yourself and just understanding these things. Mm. And because you understand yourself, you also start becoming more accepting of other people. Yeah. Um, I I have I have a lot of I have extroverted friends but they because we're all grown up now yeah. they know that if I if I don't want to go out I don't want to go out they just leave me alone it's like hey you don't want to go yeah, out yeah. that's cool want to yeah. go out it's like, oh wow Jane wants to come out cool this is awesome but yeah when we were younger there would be a lot of um not like I don't know if bullying is the right word but you know, there would be a lot of, oh, what's wrong with you? Come on, just let's go out. Why are you being like this? Why just yeah. me, 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 you know, kind of just really peer pressure type of thing when I would say, for example, I don't want to go to the party or I don't want to do this or do that. But now that we're all older and we've kind of learned more about ourselves and about each other, we kind yeah. of accept that that's how we are. Yeah, Jane's an introvert. Jane doesn't want to be around people. Or I, for example, if I go out and I go to a party, I can be at the party for two, three hours, but then I'll suddenly hit yeah. out of battery. Wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I need to go home. That's it. I need, I I can't, yeah. I just, I, I can't be around people anymore. I'm getting like, I'm starting to get uh, a bit, yeah, like annoyed. So I'm like, I need, I need to go home. And now people, yeah. they, they take it as told, yeah, it's normal. Yeah, you've run out of yeah. social battery. Go home. That's cool. See you tomorrow, mm. whatever. But when I was younger, there would be a lot of, oh, come on, no, why are you going home? Why are you being like, you know, this sort of stuff. And it's just, it's nice to, you know, have those people around me who actually get me where I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not and put on a face just because it's socially acceptable or whatever. Yeah, it strikes me up until recently that you did do that. You kind of like, well, with myself, at parties like that even though i didn't want to be there i would stay there just because i was worried what people think now it's like if i'm gonna go i'm gone i don't even say goodbye Do you know what I mean? yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm just saying i'm just saying when i'm like and i've kind of, and i've totally accepted that's yeah. the way i am okay um and that you know there are situations where i can be socially awkward because again i'm very i pick up on energies a lot so I, I can walk into a room and feel super comfortable and welcome and yeah. have the best conversations with people and talk for hours. Or I can walk into a room and completely retreat into myself because I don't Absolutely. feel yeah. comfortable in the surrounding and around the people that I'm around with. 
so that's a really interesting point because I get that as well and up until recently I used to think I walk in a room and I'd either be really high or really low and I I couldn't really understand it and I thought it was myself it's like this is a really weird and actually I think you've hit the nail on the head it is you can think it's yourself but actually maybe we're just I'm not going to use the word empath that's used around but we're just the energy we pick up on the energy and I think that's that's a, such a valid point isn't it you can you can sort of think it's yeah. yourself but actually it could be the, the environment the people around you exactly exactly I because I literally I I can I am I can be the most talkative the most yeah. loudest yeah. in the room you can't yeah. shut me up if I feel comfortable around the people that I'm surrounded with but then yeah. walk me into another room with a different set of people and I'll completely mm. shut down and won't be mm. able to like even have a conversation about the freaking weather <laughs> yeah no exactly well, that's fair so, so yeah. um I, I remember like it was I think it was two or three years ago that you used to start you commented on my posts and you were comment and you sort of you started off quite slowly on LinkedIn I mean and now you've kind of built up this amazing um following and everything else so we kind of got up to I think two, 217 to 2018 talk to us about the last three or four years and your LinkedIn journey and all that kind of stuff Right. So, um, as I said, in 2017, I, um, end of 2017, I think it was like November when I, or October, when I went to the GP, um, in London and said, I'm like, I'm struggling. I haven't slept properly for two years. I've had insomnia. I have anxiety. I have anger issues. That's gotten to a point where it's affecting my job. I can't hold a job. Um, like the smallest things are just, giving like pissing me off so much that I'm literally like you know when you get really angry you kind of start getting red and you just kind of like hold your face starts pulsating I would be I would get like that from just a small if someone would say something to me the wrong way I would literally just go mad yeah um so yeah I I went to the doctors um sorted out my medication um and then kind of from there it was a lot of just a lot of self-work um I I went I got a new job around that time as well so I started working at a recruitment agency um on reception because my original plan was to be a personal assistant um so I thought I'm gonna move through the stages of receptionist office manager and all all that stuff and I got the job at um Oyster Oyster Partnership in London (laughs) And I started getting involved with their marketing department because I I was pretty decent at photography and had a good eye for for just good photos. And I understood the social media quite well. So I started helping out the marketing manager um, quite a bit. And then she left and um, the owner of the business offered me the job because they're quite they're quite good at promoting from within. So they were like, you know what? I know you don't have an experience but we're making your receptionist role redundant because the business was changing. So they didn't need someone on the door anymore. Um, so they were going like, everything was going online. Um, yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're making this receptionist role redundant, but our marketing manager just left. You did a really good job for her. Do you want to try to take on the job and see how it goes? So we did like a trial period for six months. It went really well. And um, then they offered me the job full time and I was there from 2017 all the way till um last year end of august so right. nearly five years the longest yes. job i've ever held i've never been in any place for that long Fair enough. my <laughs> my longest stint i think has been two years somewhere nearly not just under two years um 
So throughout, yeah, that the first couple of years were really cool because I was learning a lot. They were sending me on a lot of courses. I learned to design, yeah. learned more photography, video, filming, editing, motion animations, like loads, everything. Um, yeah. And then COVID came, um, which obviously made us slow down a lot. And then that was another big sort of rethinking time for me where um, I had noticed that I wasn't happy at my job for a while, but I just thought I'm yeah. just going through the phase or I'm just going through one of my moods or whatever. And um, then during COVID, uh, I just started realizing, I think I read si- Simon, I read Simon Sinek's book, um, Start With Why. And yeah. that kind of, um, that, made me realize that my why has changed and that's why I'm miserable in my job because it's not aligning with my values anymore. Right, exactly. So um, that started me thinking, that got me thinking back, hey, I, and it was also because we were locked in four walls. I was like, I want to travel. I miss traveling. I miss my freedom. I miss the life that I had in Thailand where Mm. I was my own boss. I was, when I lived in Thailand, I did modeling. So I was, I was a freelancer. I was, I was getting up when I wanted, I worked when I wanted and I took time off when I wanted. And um, yeah. I kind of started thinking about all of that. And I was like, okay, so I want my freedom back. I want to travel. I actually hate being in an office. Yeah. Stuck on four walls, the whole commute on the train, sure. like that whole, the whole rat race, nine to five. Yeah. Corporate stuff. It's just, I just started realizing that I've been kidding myself for the last, three and a bit years trying to tell myself that no 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 you you can do this this is for you you know you're building a good career you're doing well you're yeah. doing well blah, blah. yeah stick this out um what else are you gonna do type of thing and um yeah then I started just thinking about how am I gonna get out of this what I'm gonna do yeah is there a way for me to get out of this job is there a way how I can maybe be my own boss again yeah then uh I got on a call with a coach, um, someone who I used to work with in Thailand um, in an office. She, she's been coaching, helping people to kind of quit their nine to five yeah. jobs, set up businesses right. online um, mm-hmm. so they can travel. So, cause I know she's, she's built a very successful business for herself over the last 10 years. So I was like, I know she's done what I want to yeah. do. So if I, pay someone to help me with this she's the person i'm gonna pay um because i know she's not a fake influencer i know she's actually done yeah. the stuff that she's done so, so on, on that point on that point just to interrupt you a little bit the why the, i call it purpose it's the same thing for me what yeah. is that what how would you crystallize that what is your why and your purpose then I don't I don't have like a set purpose because I'm kind of I'm very like loosey-goosey with this type of stuff but for me I love designing I love creating nice looking graphics I like helping people I like when I really feed off someone comes to me with like a terrible banner or a brochure that they slap together and I even design that and make it look pretty. And I know that when someone else is going to, a client or a prospect or whatever is going to look at that, they're going to go, oh, this looks really professional. This looks really nice. So by extension, by creating something pretty and visually pleasing, I know that I'm helping 
the person I'm helping their business and that really but also it's that's a that's your that's your passion as well your passion is to create something that's that's meaningful and aesthetically pleasing and it's 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 it's, it's created from your own mind as opposed to like in a nine-to-five job you're just responding to some sort of project aren't you it's different right yeah yeah and it's also I think it's um why I love it also because it's so different even though technically the 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 actions that I take are the same every day yeah the stuff that I create is different because every every brand every business every every entrepreneur they all have different branding different needs different styles so it's very it's very challenging and it keeps me on my toes because in my full-time job I was doing design yeah but I was designing the same stuff for four years but what what are your goals and aspirations then it's a different question I suppose do um goals and aspirations um well, currently, I just want to grow my um, I want to grow my design business. I want to increase my fees, um, improve yeah. my skills. Um, I want to release some uh, products this year that are going to mm. boost my um, passive income. And then then we'll see where it goes. I don't know. It might might be an agency or it might be coaching. Oh, wow. OK. Um. Because I, I have quite a few people who reach out to me, especially like new designers or people who mm. want to get into the design sector and ask for advice. And I think there yeah. might there might be some coaching stuff in right. there in the future. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm kind of happy where I am now and I'm not yeah. big on too far ahead. I kind of just let the universe yeah. do it. Thing, that's good thing, you know. <laughs> so i'm you, just kind of following the flow <laughs> oh, that's amazing your your linkedin journey has been phenomenal and I, I, I and i sense that it's not all down to linkedin but i think it's played a huge part in my life my career but with yourself around your own confidence your own self-esteem it's kind of like as you've got more confident your linkedin following has got more prominent or is it the other way around i don't know but talk to us about that Ah, yeah, LinkedIn, a uh, life-changing platform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I started posting actively on LinkedIn last year in January. Um, like, with anything, was crickets in the beginning, nothing happening, and then a couple of months in, things started picking up, um, work started picking up, and obviously then kind of six months in from just being, I was just... I was just super active on there. I was commenting every day. I was talking to people. I was talking to people in yeah. DMs, in the comments, liking, engaging, like my life depended on it. And I think that really helped me build build the momentum of just my growth. Because um, my growth, it's not like, I, I know creators who have grown three, four times my, my followers since I started, but I think um, I'm, I'm just happy with where I am and how- yeah how I've done like I went from being fully employed and not knowing what to do with my life to um Mm. you know having my own business and traveling in under what in eight months amazing I was six months in from posting on LinkedIn I quit my job but I stayed at it for like I gave them long notice because I just didn't want to leave them in a shitty situation when I was leaving so I kind of went okay I'm gonna stay until end of August but um yeah, six months in, LinkedIn completely just like changed changed my life because I was I was making I think six months in I was at a stage where I was making more than I was making at my full time job. Yeah, my freelance. 
So what, um, what, advice, what advice and tips would you give people like yourself who are embarking on the journey? For me, it's, as a phrase, just fucking post it as one. But I think I think it is about <laughs> having the belief just to do things, right? Yeah, yeah. You just you just have to start. You just have to press publish or post or whatever that button says. Um, because I, I, sometimes I still don't know what to post. I sometimes still sit there and go, oh, Joy, what do I want to talk about? And then I scroll through like my ideas, notes and, and whatnot. Or sometimes I repurpose content because that yeah. was just my creative like brain isn't working but you you just have to post whatever it is I think the worst is getting over the fear of judgment because that was that was yeah. the biggest thing for me that was I was like oh what are people at work gonna think and was were people in general gonna think so I was yeah. um I was quite conscious of that and quite worried about that in the beginning but then kind of the more I posted um the more traction I was starting to get and the more I kind of felt confident I was like oh no actually people are people are responding and people are commenting people are engaging people are actually like liking my thought process and stuff so I was like oh no there's there's something here like people are resonating with what I'm posting and um I just kind of kept pushing and then one I think I got like a really viral post um yeah. that I actually brought on a train into work haven't even thought through but it got like hundred thousand yeah. views and it's just <laughs> not the most viralist point post but compared yeah. to traffic you know um yeah. and then from there it kind of just just blew up I started getting more and more podcast invites and followers and and yeah it's just kind of been growing nice and steady since and I get loads of inbound work all my yes. work is inbound. I don't do any yeah. outreach. I don't do any pitching, nothing. Like all my work is inbound, yeah. referrals, return clients. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just it's been it's been really good. And it's all just because I pushed a button <laughs> on a platform yeah. and shared some of my thoughts or opinions or whatever. So yeah, but also in, in, in a very authentic way, that word's used quite a lot, but I, I really believe with yourself, you have been yourself and you've, you've, you've built your brand and your client base by commenting, showing an interest, being yourself, being consistent and not trying to play to the audience, I'd say. Yeah, no, I so, I sometimes I know that there's, there's a topic that I'm like, oh, I know if I'm gonna talk about this, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hit the spot and it's gonna get. Yeah, a lot of, of course, practice. of course. I I'll do it, but that's yeah. I think that's just playing the game, right? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not gonna post about anything that I don't believe in or things that are against my values or whatever. Everything yeah. that I post or talk, even if it might sound um controversial or whatever yeah. it's still my my yeah. thoughts and my opinions and how I feel and how I think so if you think it's controversial fine but it, I'm not posting it to be controversial it's just what I think yeah. and how I see <clears throat> things um and I'm never yeah I'm never really like tried to post things just for the sake of posting to be controversial and kind of oh. get a Likes. rise out yeah. or like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly I've, ne- so, I've never done that i just share things because i want to share them and because yeah. that's how i so we're we're coming towards the end us two we could talk till christmas couldn't we but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> last few questions um talk to us about your modeling days how was that for you 
It was really fun. It was it was probably one of the first times when it when I really got out of my comfort zone. Um because I um obviously it's dealing with a lot of strangers, dealing with a lot of people you don't know. It's yeah, you know, you book in a you book in a job and you turn up and you have a makeup artist and a photographer and all these people that you've never seen, you've never spoken to, you except some messages on, yeah. on the platform or Facebook or whatever. So for someone who was really young and and kind of very much in my shell at the time, I think it really helped me build my confidence and um, help me with people skills and kind of gave me the glance into the freelancing world and how to deal with people and customers yes. and and how, how how to manage my own time and energy mm-hmm. and all all those type of things. So. Um, yeah, yes. it was. I'm. I'm really happy. I had a chance to do that. I kind of got the opportunity because I think it gave me a lot, and I learned a lot from it. So I did, I did yeah. it for about three years, on and off. Um, exactly. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's great. So, what is your what's your proudest moment so far then? You're on going fully freelance with my with my business. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a, yeah. Straight out. I've. Um, I I still can't believe that my life has turned out the way it has and that my I'm doing as well as I am because when I first started it, I thought it's going to take me maybe two to three years to get to where I am now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of... of that's, uh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So did you feel you, you'd always be this nomadic type traveller for the rest of your life or you're not even thinking up along those lines or...? I, Logically thinking now, the older you get, the more you want to slow down and probably settle somewhere and kind of mm. take things easier. So I don't think I'm going to be traveling out of my suitcase for the rest of my life because uh, it it is hard. It's not. It, it, yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Know, moving from place to place and kind of not having that home um, place to call home. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely I'm definitely going to be traveling for the foreseeable future um as much as I can for the next few years and then it just depends on where where life takes me I might meet a partner and I might want to settle down with someone or I might just decide to settle somewhere um yeah I will probably live somewhere abroad somewhere hot I can't can't see myself living in UK for the rest of my life because it's depressing (laughs) but um yeah. Yeah. So the the anger that you very nobly admitted is 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 part of your makeup. What does make you angry? What pisses you off? And when was the last time you actually? Two questions. What when was the last time you actually off? was really angry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yet to see that. I'm yet to see this. And I don't. I don't, actually don't think I want to. But anyway. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, it see again. It depends on the day, right? It depends on how much sleep I've had, how much work I've done. Yeah. It just it depends on all these other factors as well. So if I'm re- if I've had a couple of really chill days, and I've been sleeping well and getting gotten massages and and done all these nice things, I'm probably going to be super chill and not much will stress me out. Yeah. Um, but if I've had like a couple of hard days and I haven't slept enough and I'm exhausted then sending sending a snarky email might piss me off and i might have might have a rant to myself and go about how 
dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Or or if a client sends sends some silly request or stupid question, I'm just gonna be (laughs) how do you not know this? Yes. You do that to me um, sometimes. I'm your, I'm one of your clients as well, but we just laugh about it now, don't we? So we should just Yeah, Mr. Make It Pop. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so it really, it really depends. Like sometimes I can walk down the street and if someone walks in front of me without looking and cuts me off, I can get annoyed. At that. I'm not going to shout at the person, but I'm going to have yeah. a little like to myself, like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. So rude. Um, yeah, it re- it really just depends. But mostly, lack of manners and people being rude. Right. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> um, I think things that really do. One of the things that really do piss me off is when people don't value my time. Yeah. So it's um, it's either clients or or friends or family or whatever. Um, I, I cannot stand when people mess me about when it comes to uh, I know obviously things happen and I don't know you yeah. run late whatnot but when it's like continuous sort of not turning up on time or canceling yeah. last minutes and and things like that that really but you, you take no prisons with that it doesn't matter if they're friends family or whatever it doesn't matter you, you'll, you'll be straight with them right yeah 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 yeah, my friend is terrified of being late, which is good because she's always late. <laughs> <Fair play. laughs> so, so coming towards the end, it's been absolutely amazing, as expected. Um, if you haven't told us already, what has been your darkest moment in your life? Darkest moment? It was it was when I got um those that year between when I got fired back in 2017. And then up to like 2018-ish, 19-ish, where I was starting to take my medication, kind of dealing with my mental health and my yeah. anger issues. And like me and my best friend, we knew um I nearly lost her because we we had a lot of very horrible arguments. And I used to say some very horrible things to her. I'm actually surprised she still talks to me. <laughs> yes, I, I I was very nasty and very horrible to her. And I still, yeah. when I remember some of the things that I said, um, I still feel really like guilty and horrible about it on the inside. But um, that was probably yeah one of one of the darkest times in my life where I I re- I just struggled yeah. with everything, with my mental health, with my yeah. work, with my relationships. It was just, it was hard. It was, it was. Are you, are you still take you still take the medication now, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm on it for the rest of my life. Sorry. Um yeah, like my my family all have depression. Um oh, right. like my mom has depression, my dad has depression. So it's like, yeah, it's um it's passed on. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> There's something you kind of had to almost accept that it's a hereditary thing, right? Because with, with me, when when I had medication, I, I didn't I didn't get on with it. I, did, I chose not to have it. So it was almost like the psychological feeling of taking medication made me depressed but I think I think it's different for each part I think it's with mental health right as you as you concur it, it's not a one-size-fits-all that's why I'm quite cautious about giving to, out too much advice because it's an individual thing right oh absolutely yeah 100 percent. like for me I knew that I couldn't I couldn't live without the medication and I knew that if I didn't get help yeah. from the medication that 
I I would either still be in that same dark place where I was struggling to keep a job and just kind of living a very horrible existence um, or something worse could have happened because I did I didn't I didn't have suicidal thoughts a lot but I sometimes did have those thoughts that it would be nice to just not wake up one morning because then it all would be over and I wouldn't have to deal with it so I think if I wouldn't have dealt with it and gotten the help that I needed that I probably could have gotten worse and worse because it wasn't getting better it was getting worse with every year the older I got so um but yeah it really depends on it really depends on the person everyone needs to look for for what they need um some don't need medication I I do like even now if I don't take my pills for a couple of days I can feel my mood yeah. mood change and my behavior yeah. change and it all kind of starts going down um so it's just something that i just see it as a vitamin that i pop every day <laughs> it's my <That's> happy it. <laughs> pill jane jane it's been absolutely amazing this podcast but i see you as a very close friend i love you to bits i think you're brilliant i wish you all the success in the world and i'm so pleased that you've come on the show um what would you like to leave the audience with as a parting gift a parting gift oh you should have told me you could ask me this you put me (laughs) on the spot um just just don't care about what other people think just do you be you do you post what you want to post do what you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt others as long as it's not hurtful illegal whatever just just be you do you just 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 don't give a fuck about what others think i think that's that's what i want to leave (laughs) thank you on that note um thank you so much that was amazing i'm looking forward to releasing this and looking forward to when you're over here buying you a drink as well a non-alcoholic one probably as well The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm, contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincherry. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at bincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.